members of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they actually love, and create amazing relationships. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is uh, my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Josh is with us in Columbia, South Carolina. Hi, Josh. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you. Thank you very much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? So I'm 26 years old, and I'm actually about to start a new job in a new city. I've been living in apartments um, for the last three years I've been working, and I really like the lifestyle. I'm not really in a rush to be in a house, but I do know that I need to start thinking about saving up for a down payment. So I'm trying to decide exactly how aggressively I should be saving cash versus investing into retirement. Are you out of debt? Yes, sir. Okay. Fully funded yep, emergency I just finished fund? baby step three. Okay. So you're yes, there. Sir. Are you investing yet? Yep. Yes, I've been um, getting my full match with my employer, also maxing my Roth and um, HSA. And that puts so you I at 15? decent head start. Does that put you at 15%? Um, yeah, a little bit over 15. Okay. Yep. I'd scale that back down to 15 and then begin saving up cash for that house and put that in a you know high-yield savings account somewhere. You don't need to invest it unless this is going to be you know five-plus years out. But it sounds like you're wanting to get in a house sooner than that. What's your game plan on getting in a house? What do you think? So I, I don't, I'm single right now and I'm not really interested in buying a home, uh, you know, before I'm married, I do have plans to get married in the next, you know, 10 years or so. Um, but like I said, you know, I'm really in no rush. Um, if I could guess right now, I'd say anywhere between five and seven years, I'd like to be really thinking about being in a home. Yeah. I, I'm with George and I would lock it in at 15% of your income into retirement and I would start saving aggressively above that. And just, cool. just, you can just, you just pile it up for right now, and let's just stack cash. Because um, it, it, it doesn't sound like that you have selected the young lady or she has selected you yet. That's right. Okay. That's accurate, yeah. It's kind of a vague concept at this point. What's so. your income? Uh, I'm at 110. Awesome. Yeah. So point being that um, this could flip uh, – this could this whole environment could change rather quickly. Uh, like, right, and that's kind of exactly my thought going into yeah. it, which is why part of me wants to, you know, have a little more than just my emergency fund in cash. But yeah, yeah, I would I pile up as much cash those. above your emergency fund, above your fifteen percent going into retirement, as you can. You can't really save too much cash in that situation because, um, you know, you, you you've got it out there somewhere in the future. I'd like to be married if I've met the right person and so forth. That's a good, good general sentiment. But uh, you know, when you meet the right person, you might be married a few months later. That could happen. And uh, so, uh, you know, by the next time I talk to you, this time next year, you could be married and looking for a house. I don't know. Uh, that wouldn't be that unusual, by the way. So um, I would set a specific goal and not just make it. I'm just going to save up money. I would say I'm going to aim to save up twenty thousand dollars this year. I'm going to aim to save up twenty thousand the next year. Five years, I'll have a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That helps you have a game plan instead of just hoping money get saved exactly yeah you need to have a set amount that you're going for above the 15 percent and above the emergency fund that's exactly what i would do hey good question thank you for joining us open phones at 888-825-5225 george is with us in monroe louisiana hi george how are you 
Hey, Dave, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Good. How can we uh, help? Hey, well, uh, briefly, I own uh, 25% in a house. I've been living here alone for 16 years. There's four siblings. Uh, I'm one of the four. Two will allow me to buy them out. The fourth one refuses to sell, and she says she's moving in in January. She refuses to work. Uh, how? My question, how can I prevent her from moving in, if possible at all? if I own three quarters at the time, and I don't at this point. And number two, how can I force her to sell her part to me, or is it possible to do that? I don't know a mechanism that that you can force her to sell. Uh, uh, You could take the situation to court and ask the court to solve this. 90% of the time, what's going to happen is they're going to force the sale of the house to split the money. Yeah, uh, I, I assume that the judge would not force her to sell her part Correct. to me. Correct. Uh, it, Correct. It would but he would, he, would, he would force the disillusionment of the partnership if any one of the partners wanted it dissolved. And the only way to do the only way to liquidate it is to sell the house and split the money four ways. Yeah, I, that's, it gets kind of complicated. My uh, two siblings, I, I, I have 50000 cash to, to pay them. But I've got a 401k with plenty of money, but I'm not going to borrow from that, nor am I going to cash it in. So I assume that I would be able to get a bank loan. Um, uh, I don't understand how that works in a sale. If I purchased it myself in the sale, uh, I'm not sure how that works. If it went up for sale due to uh, the judge's order, a court-ordered disillusionment of partnership assets, then you could obviously be one of the bidders at that sale. And you just go okay. get a, you can just so you go have, get a mortgage and buy the house. Okay. Uh, I, well, I wouldn't have the cash money, but the bank I said would, a mortgage. Uh, front me. Okay. Well, the bank would front me the money for a bid uh, for those for a bid on the house, right? Because if it's an auction, bids, yeah. If it's have, a cash auction, yeah, you'd have to have that set up. Yeah. I set up. Okay. Okay. That's what I. So what your your next bank. step is? Uh, you don't need to screw around with this one day more. Uh, this no. is obviously a toxic situation. You need to go see an attorney today. Yeah, I just called one today, and he's supposed to get back with me on yep. this to see yep. what we can do. I want to try to get my other two siblings who are in sale, get the paperwork done, and also get the paperwork done for the fourth one. She keeps changing her mind back and forth, so I at least have it ready. Yeah, she's a manipulative so, game player. Uh, yeah, well. This threat, you know, to, she, this threat to move in is a, is a game. Yeah, yeah, I, I I probably can't stop her from doing it. It would not. Yeah, be you good. can. You can if you file an action that's going to force the sale. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's the way to do it. Okay. Yeah. Do you think she would be one of the well, bidders I'm, looking to buy it? No, she ain't any money. Uh, no, she doesn't. She doesn't have any money. She, she doesn't uh, work. Just very brief. No, she doesn't work. She sold a house in Dallas five years ago for two hundred twenty-five thousand. She moved here. I told her you need to get a job and buy pay cash for a house. Well, she said I don't want to work. So she's been living on that 225. Now she's down to 80. And she started getting worried about it. Yeah. However, she's going on a $2,000 vacation here in another week. Yeah. So, it's so what I would do is talk to an attorney, and here's the way this is probably going to go down. Okay, um, the okay. attorney's going to tell you that you could file a uh, as a part of the uh, as a part of the lawsuit to keep her from living there until the house is liquidated because it's okay, a toxic okay. because it's a toxic situation. Then you can go to her and say, I'm getting ready to file this motion with the court, a forced liquidation of the house that will simultaneously prevent you from moving in. Now, 
this is going to happen. You're not moving in, and the house is going to be sold. Would you like me to buy you out instead? Mm. And you can force her hand on that. And then she's going to sign the deed, and you're going to hand her a check, and she's going to go away. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry, but I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. So at this very moment, every person watching, listening to the show has got a different purpose and goal in life. Maybe you want to find your ideal dream career. You want to cut up the credit cards and work your way to building wealth. Well, it starts with you saying enough is enough and we got to do something about this. So this is why we brought back the Ramsey $10 sale on our number one best-selling books. But the sale ends at the end of the month, two days. Not a lot of time left, folks. And I, what you know what else ends in two days, Dave? The Ramsey Cash Giveaway. That's Ooh. a part of this. So if you want to jumpstart your journey here, you can enter that for your chance to win the grand prize of $3,000. And there's only two days left. Don't miss this. So two days to take advantage of the Ramsey $10 sale. Most of our best-selling books are on sale for $10 each. That's a bargain. So you get 10 of them for 100 bucks. I mean, that's... Uh, that's what, I'm stocking up for Christmas. No at this inflation point. increases. Wow! Look at that. It's not ten eighty four. It's still ten bucks. There you go. That's exactly how that works. You know, we should do a, an inflation inflation adjusted price, but we didn't. So there you go. Hey, check it all out and the Ramsey Cash giveaway grand prize of three thousand dollars. Two days left. No purchase necessary for that. You got to be eighteen or older to win. RamseySolutions.com. Our question of the day comes from Blinds.com. Find out for yourself why they are the number one online retailer of custom window coverings with free samples, free shipping, and new promos that they run every month. You'll save even more. Use the promo code RAMSEY to get the best deal. Today's question comes from Jeff in Alaska. He says, I'm currently on baby step three and my gross income is 100K. I have very little debt other than the 125K left on my mortgage. I recently reviewed my union's insurance plan and realized the disability coverage is lower than it should be. Where in the baby steps should I look at upping this coverage, or should I wait until step seven to think about insurance? Hmm. Well, you're right. The baby steps don't exactly cover insurance. It's a part of protecting what you're building along the way. Um, and Dave, when it comes to disability insurance, especially through your employer, what is the stance on where that would fall? Well, I don't know what their coverage is or what, where why he doesn't think it's enough. Most of it is, you know, 65, 70% of your pay, which is equivalent to your take-home pay a lot of times. So it's probably not that far off. 
I don't know why he doesn't feel like he's got adequate coverage through the union. I don't know what their deal is. Um, but buying supplemental disability is, uh, depending on what you do for a living, you know, it's not necessarily a good deal. So I might just approach this from a different angle and say, okay, since I don't have coverage, it makes me comfortable. What I do need to offset that is a big pile of money. And so I'd go about getting a big pile of money more than I would worry about buying supplemental disability insurance. But you're right. No insurance is a baby step. Insurance of any kind is you need to look at what you need and appropriately get that. You need renter's insurance if you're a renter that covers your contents for fire and fire and uh, theft. Uh, you obviously buy a home, you need homeowner's insurance. You buy an automobile, you need automobile insurance, obviously. Health right? insurance. Health insurance you need day one. That needs to be part of your budget. All of these things are part of Pretty your budget. Pretty much all of them except long-term care, which we recommend at 60-plus. Yep. Life, in, life insurance. You need, you know, once you have people that are counting on you for your income, spouse, you have dependents. You're a spouse, you've got kids, um, you know, all these kinds of things. So, yeah, that that's what you're looking at. And, uh, and disability insurance, for that matter. But you've got disability insurance. You just don't feel like it's adequately covered. So... Let's say that it covers 50% of your income, of your take-home pay. And um, you feel like that's not enough because, you, you know, you're accustomed to 70 to 80% of your – or 50% of your gross. Uh, and so, well, what you do would do is offset that with a little bit higher emergency fund and, you know, making sure your other long-term investments, your retirement investments are full. Because if you've got a half million dollars in, you know, in your 401K and uh, – you know, you had a disability event and you only got 50% of coverage, you're okay. You'll be all right. Financially, anyway, you'll be okay. That's what, that's, that's what we're concerned about here. So you offset that risk with something else like money. Open phones at 888-825-5225. CJ is in Chattanooga. Hi, CJ. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Better uh, than we deserve. What's up? Doing well. My question is, should we use the potential student loan reimbursement program to pay off our house? I had uh, two or three student loans and that were paid off in December 2020. It looks like they may qualify potentially. We'll see how it all pans out. But should I do that? What's left on the mortgage? About $30,000. And how much do you think you would get if you got the forgiveness? Uh, probably about six or eight. Uh, if it's up to 10, we'll have to see exactly um, how what the requirements are for the reimbursement program. So this isn't going to clear the mortgage. You just are saying, should we apply it to the mortgage? Mm -hmm. Well, we also have about $20,000 in savings that we could use to pay off the house as well. That's not including our emergency fund. Oh, awesome. Why aren't you using the 20000 today to pay down the mortgage? Uh, I have my first child coming uh, September 23rd. Ah, so we're congrats. Cash just in case. Thank you. Thank you. Smart. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, we, the, I've been kind of tracking this to see what's happening, and it looks like the student loan providers, uh, servicers, are not writing checks. What they're doing is reinstating the balance back to 10000 and then saying, all right, good luck. Hope the government clears that balance. So that's what's actually happening right now, as far as I can tell. But he's talking about ones he's already paid off. That's they what they're saying. Him, they would cut him a check. <laughs> so that's what, that's what I've been seeing is if you already paid it off during the pause – they're saying you can get a refund, according to the U.S. Department of Education, but the refund doesn't actually, there's no checks being cut. Their student loan servicers are saying your balance is zero. We're going to put it back to 10, and then the government can forgive that 10. 
hopefully. Wow. Well, that doesn't make sense. I know, but you where's know, the money go? How, he, he wouldn't get a check that way. There would be. I don't. I don't know how that's going to pan that, out. That, that's not end. logical. Well, that's I mean, the government. Wait a minute. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just applied logic to the federal. That government. is a report that from someone who contacted idea. their student loan service. Excuse me, Lord. Forgive me, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I, that's not. That's not right, George. Something's wrong. I with hope that. not. Well, I mean, that's not because that way the uh, the student loan lender would get the money. Yeah. The question is, where is this money? How are people going to get this money back if they've already yeah. paid? And we don't he, know yet. He's thinking he's getting a check um, if he applies for it. Um, have you contacted your student loan servicer? Uh, not yet. They don't know. Contact. I mean, nobody knows anything. It's all hearsay at this point. It's all. It's all what might happen if this crap goes through, and if it's declared legal instead of being an executive order. That, which, by the way, there's this thing called the Constitution that's kind of in the way, and um, there's going to be lawsuits stopping this. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not worried about it. I wouldn't worry about it, CJ, until it happens. Uh, because it might not, uh, and I've already caught enough crap on this subject nationally. There, I mean, there's an entire parade of Dave Ramsey haters out there because I told people I think this whole thing is absolutely horrendous and bogus. I'm happy for people who get their loans forgiven, but when you take three hundred billion dollars three hundred thousand million of other people's debt and put it on the back of the taxpayers it's just immoral as hell and uh while you're continuing to make the loans which is dishonest if you keep making the loans it's intellectually dishonest so i'm i'm sitting here i'll just be very open okay i'm sitting here trying to put cj's shoes on and walk in them and say what would i do if i was in his shoes and I'm having trouble doing it. And that's not to slam you, CJ, but I'm having trouble doing it because I think this whole thing is so bogus that to actually receive the check from this as like some kind of government benefit after I've already paid off my loans, it just makes me want to puke. It makes me want to throw up. I got a little throw up in my mouth right now. And so it just, um, yeah, it just makes my blood boil. I'd continue on with the baby steps. There's so much wrong with it. And um, there's a part of me, CJ, that says, you already paid off your loan. You ought to just keep moving with your life, dude. There's a part of me that says that inside. I understand the other side of it. I get it intellectually. I'm just being a bit emotional. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Lena is with us. Hi, Lena. How are you? Hi, Dave. Welcome. Where do you live? I live in Frederick, Maryland. Oh, welcome to Nashville. Thank Good to you. have you here. And so how much debt have you paid off? 53500 All right. And how long did this take you? 28 months. Good for you. And your range of income during that time? 
Um, I started with 76,000, and um, by the end of last year, it was around uh, 87,000. Good for you. What do you do for a living? So I currently work in management for Southwest Airlines, Mm -hmm. and um, also part of this journey has been picking up as many side gigs as I have been able to in order to complete this journey. Cool. We do a lot of stuff with Southwest. It's a good company. Yeah. So very, very cool. Very proud. What are your uh, What are your side gigs that you did? What's the best one? The mo- one that made you the most money? <laughs> well, the one that helped me the most was a brand marketer. So mm-hmm. I helped um, several um, brands, including wellness products and uh, spirits and wines, uh, promote their mm-hmm. beverages. And um, yeah. And uh, personal training. (laughs) I took up a personal training gig um, as well because it's very exciting to help people improve their lives. Wow. Very cool. Good for you. What kind of debt was the $54,000? So I had about $37,000 of uh, student loan Mm -hmm. and $8,000 of uh, credit card (laughs) and um, another $8,000 remaining on my BMW car. (laughs) Ah, Of course. Okay. Very (laughs) cool. So what happened to you 28 months ago that started this whole following the Ramsey way thing? Well, um, I had a friend at work at Southwest that uh, a long time ago, she had posted something about Dave Ramsey and your total money makeover Mm -hmm. that um, impacted me in some way. But I honestly, I don't think that when I saw that post, I was ready to make those changes. It wasn't until um, a few years later that I met my fiance, Johnny, that um, he really um, lives by what you preach. He talks about um, Dave Ramsey this, Dave Ramsey that, the baby steps. And and uh, he watches your show daily, and it inspired me to learn more. And um, I talked to him about my goals and the things that I wanted to accomplish. Um, I moved from Venezuela when I was um, really young. I was um, so long story short, I was born here, moved to Venezuela when I was seven, and came back at the age of 19, ready for college. Mm-hmm. So that was like the beginning of my journey with debt. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, so I signed up for a loan that I obviously couldn't pay off because I didn't have the right job to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And then everything trickled from there. So um, Johnny knew about my story and he wanted to help. So he bought me the book. Mm-hmm. And um, through the pandemic, I just felt like it was the perfect time to really focus on what you really wanted because there was nothing else to be worried about it. And while everybody else was... Um, very you know, few distractions. Yes, very few <laughs> distractions. Um, I, I just used this time to kind of like hit the reset button and really focus and not let anything get on the way. That's awesome. He sounds like a keeper. And it sounds like you're keeping him around. So that's yep. great. You guys have a wedding date? <laughs> yes, March 25th. All right. That yep. is awesome. For you, that's and you're, you're starting a debt-free. <laughs> yes. I assume he's debt-free as well. Yes. He's been following this stuff. Yes. <laughs> that's fantastic. Absolutely. So what was the hardest part for you? Was there a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, this is brutal? Uh, yeah. I, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not easy. It's a, It's almost, it felt like um, an identity crisis because you have like this lifestyle and you have this uh, cool things that you like to do and you like to, to, like I work in the airline industry and I was a flight attendant for a very long time. So it becomes normal to travel and do cool things with your friends and all that. But in reality, you can't really afford that travel because it's not only the airfare. You now have to pay to stay there and do all the other cool things that you want to do when you're traveling. So it was just more of like that adjustment of that reality check of like, hey, I can't really do these things that I think are okay of doing. Like I really have to 
change my ways and um, not really worry at all about what other people think. Because the thing is, it's that's I think that's the hardest part. You just just have to feel like you have to explain to people why you're doing the things that you're doing and break free from that. I think for me, mm. that was the hardest part. And um, obviously, we get into this situation because you're not disciplined. So getting the discipline to just stick to what you're doing and plan and strategize how you're going to do it. Like for me, I knew that um, with my salary alone, I wasn't going to be able to make that happen. So how much more do I need every month in order to complete those payments? I actually wanted to pay it off in 24 months, but that was a little hard. It took me a little bit longer mm -hmm. than 24, mm -hmm. but close enough. Um, so what do you tell people the absolute key to getting out of debt is? Well, the key would be to to know that it's going to be really hard, that you are going to encounter a lot of bumps along the road, and that um, you just have to be true to yourself true to your goal and think and honestly like revamp your value system um, mm. you just have to change your values like the things that were important to you before they can't continue to be important because then you're really not going to make it yeah. Um, and yeah and just go from there Very I think good. if you remind yourself every morning what you are like what your goal is and just focus focus like write things down I love to write things down in a journal mm -hmm. where and then I have a a board uh, in my bedroom that um, I write the things that I need to remind myself for that week. Cool. We're proud of you, Hero. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Very, very well done. I know he's proud of you. He's sitting over <laughs> cheering you on. Life is good. And we're proud of him, too, because he helped you. This is great. It's a great yeah. handoff. Love good, it. good, good work. We've got a copy of uh, Baby Steps Millionaires for you. That's awesome. the next chapter in your story for sure to go on and become millionaires as a newly married couple starting next March. Mm -hmm. And Financial Peace University, a one year membership to that as well. And uh, if you guys haven't been through that you can go through it together as a premarital thing it's a really good premarriage class and uh as as a part of your overall premarriage anyway work uh and a copy of total money makeover which you already got that means you can give this one away so yep. that's perfect so good stuff very 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 well done i'm so proud of you good good work Thank all you. right lena from fred frederick maryland fifty four thousand dollars paid off in 28 months making 76 to 87 count it down let's hear a debt-free scream i'm debt free Very well done. I love that. She upgraded her values. She used to value other people's opinion of her. And now she values freedom and not owing anyone anything. That's good. That's a worthy upgrade in values right there. Good insight. Very good wow. insight. Yeah. There is something that happens in transformation that has to occur for you. You know, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result. That's the definition of insanity. So this transformation idea is that um, it, it is more than simply a, a mathematical activity to get out of debt. The heart has to change. Mm. And that's what happened. Got to start caring about different things. And uh, it's a superpower to not care what people think in America today. That is one of the keys to building wealth. If you have that and common sense, oh my you're goodness. a bona fide superhero. <laughs> and a unicorn at that. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> but that is exactly what we need in America today. Yeah. People of character with common sense who don't care what other people think. There you go. That's a yeah. magical formula. Yeah. And um, I, I will share that, that, that you can go too far with the not caring what other people think. 
And I, I want you to shower and have good because, hygiene. No, not be I mean, jerk. because I just truly don't care, and I and I really need to care a little bit. It's worked for you so far. Dave. I know, but I need to care a little bit. It's kind of unkind at some point, and it's just uh, it's like I just truly don't give a rip, and it's it's a bit of a problem. I need to be a little nicer. So. That's what makes you, Dave. That's yeah. why we love you. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's it. That's that's exactly what it was. That's what that's the whole definition of Dave. That's it. It's that simple. Thanks, George. I'm, I'm here to make you feel good. <laughs> good job, Lena. Good work. Good work. Good work. Well done. Awesome. This is The Ramsey Show. personality is my co-host today thank you for joining us open phones at 888-825-5225 rick is with us rick is in austin texas hi rick how are you hi dave and george i'm doing great how are you guys better than we deserve sir what's up well i just wanted to call and say thank you because it makes a huge difference when you purchase a vehicle in cash versus all the other ways i've done it over the years so thank you dave (laughs) Well, you're welcome. So you bought a car in cash? Uh, yes, sir, I did. What'd you we, buy? Uh, we had a trade-in, my wife and I. It was a Subaru Ascent, mm-hmm. 2022, so a brand new one. We made sure we uh, met the guidelines that you usually lay out for that. But uh, we went in, we purchased a car, and spent less time than I've ever spent buying a car in my entire life, which was fantastic. Wow. So are you guys Baby Steps millionaires? Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. That's fantastic. Way to go, Rick. How long have you been doing this uh, this journey, following our stuff? Uh, my wife and I have been married for 10 years. I've been on the program probably for about 15. That's awesome. That's a perfect, Living it out. That's a perfect timing. It's, it fits, fits the guy. I mean, it fits the standard case study of the millionaires, the Baby yeah. Steps Millionaires that we wrote about in Baby Steps Millionaires, the book, because it shows people exactly how Rick did what he did and people like him. So way to go, Rick. That's, That's awesome, awesome, man. Love hearing that. Congratulations. We're proud of you. Good work. Spencer's with us in Columbia, South Carolina. Hi, Spencer. How are you? Good. Hey, Dave. How's George? How are you guys doing? Better than we deserve. What's up? So uh, my wife and I, we just had our first baby about a week and a half ago. Oh, congratulations. And, um, What'd you have? Thank you. It's a girl. girl. So we're trying to get set up um, to start putting money away to save for college and just trying to think through the best way to do that. So I'm familiar with 529 plans, but it seems like there's a lot of different options out there for 529. And then I just wasn't sure if there was any other type of account um, that might be a better alternative. No, 529 is about the best thing there is, but you're right. There is a bunch of options. The only option you want is the kind where you select the type of mutual funds that go in it, each individual fund, 
and it does not change unless you change it. It's not on autopilot of any kind. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and if you got that and, with um, one of our Smart Vester Pros, they they can help you line those things up and um, you know, generally I just dump it into a simple growth stock mutual fund. But what you don't want to get into is one of these things where they move the funds around as the kid gets older without uh it's kind of an autopilot thing. It's hypothetically lower risk, but it ends up being a stupid move. Kind of like a target date fund okay. exactly. retirement. So you don't want that. But there's a lot okay. of state-specific ones, and you can choose one from a lot of states. So your SmartVestor Pro can help you choose the best one for what you're trying to do, which is awesome. Okay. And so the 529 is going to be better than just, like, standard mutual funds. I mean, I guess I was thinking if she doesn't end up going to college, is that money going to be tied up, you know, versus just putting it in typical mutual funds? Well, anything, any type of furthering her education. I mean, if she goes to tech school, you can use it. And listen, okay. you don't need to, I'm, I'm just going to be grandpa for a second, train your uh-huh. child to be a continuous learner. Yeah. Post, post high school doing zero education of any kind is not yeah, a good not idea. Like, you are going yeah. to be, you're going to be at a huge disadvantage in the marketplace. So by okay. God, learn something somewhere. <laughs> if you're not doing, if you know, if you're not doing higher education, that's fine so quote college but there needs to be some kind of a track that involves education because um you know uh like for instance i'll tell you if we're interviewing someone to work at ramsey for a leadership role and we say hey what books have you read recently and they say i haven't interviews over i don't need people in here who aren't learning and growing and getting better I read like crazy because I'm an idiot on some things. I don't know what's going on. I have to read a book about it, right? And so, uh, you know, I've learned more post-education from books and uh, classes and so forth than I did when I was in education Yeah. or when I was going through getting a four-year degree. So uh, you don't want to just get uh, the school of hard knocks because the knocks are harder if you, if you don't know where to dodge. And the other option for you is the ESA, the Education Savings Account. Those are the only two I'd recommend for college saving. And I would rather have too much money for college than not enough. You can always change the beneficiary on that. And if she gets a scholarship, you can withdraw from the account for that amount. So there's a lot of options here. So I would just go ahead and save. And we don't know what the cost of college is going to do. Probably skyrocket now with this forgiveness and everything they're doing with income-based repayment. So yeah, I'd go ahead and start saving now. Yeah, there is a lot. Thanks. Thanks for the call, man. You're right. That's a, an opinion piece I saw the other day. Um, uh, actually, Deloney found it. Sent, oh, yeah, I read that one. Uh, that it's mind-boggling. The, that the, the forgiveness is going to cause a further increase in tuition. Yay. Because part of the forgiveness program that's proposed, if it comes through, if it actually happens, is that the rest of the balance can be done as a percentage of your income for the rest of your life. And so just pay them for the rest of your life, Five or ten percent of your income. Isn't that dumber and crud? Yes, that's just because then colleges crud. are going. Well, we can charge four hundred thousand. You know why? Why? Are, if you're so stupid that you did that, how'd you get out of college? I mean, if you're that's if you're so question. dumb, you sign up for that program. How'd you get out of school in the first place? I, I don't. I, the whole thing baffles me. It just baffles me. The stupidity on parade, the island of misfit toys doing a dance. It's unbelievable. All right, let's see here. Hey, Luke is in Virginia. Hey, Luke, what's up? Hey, Dave, thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can I help? Um, so I learned financial peace in high school. As a result, I have no student loan debt. I have no credit card debt. The only 
thing I owe any man is I was in a motorcycle accident a couple years ago. And so I have a few thousand dollars, maybe $3,000 in medical debt. I just settled with the insurance company for $900,000 because it almost took my leg. They told me if a car was going to hit me, it should be this one uh, because it was insured by a major corporation and it was a business car. And so my question to you is, as somebody with no debt and who is on, uh, I believe, baby step five, a point of saving money for uh, kids for college, and I don't have kids yet, I'm not married yet, uh, should I invest the $900,000 in mutual funds or given the volatility of the potential recession or the recession we're in right now, should I consider other investment options with that $900,000? Good Lord. How you doing? I, I have a metal rod in my leg, and I, it'll be there for the rest of my life, but I am I have a personal goal of being able to run a 5K, and uh, I got to three miles last night. So I'm not going to wow. sit around and mope about it. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to, to make a bad situation as good as I can. Man, wow. 900 grand. How old are you? 26. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And do you do you own a home? No, I rent. Okay. All right. Uh, what do you do for a living? Or, no, what do you make? What do you make? What's your income? Uh, I make $110,000 a year, and then I have a small business on the side that brings in about $20,000, so around $130,000 a year. And I take it you're single? Yes, but I plan to be married within the next year. Um, be purchasing a ring as part of the uh, part of the settlement. Yeah. All right. Um I'm going to rattle this off real fast. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Um, you are a candidate for losing all of this money because you've never handled the money of this type before. Yep. So I want you to, not number one, don't put money in anything you don't understand. If that means you just put it in a savings account, forget it. That's fine. High yield savings account, put it in three different banks, forget it. That's fine. Okay. Number two, um, were you dating her before all this happened? Uh, no. Get a prenup. Okay. Number three, you need to put a group of people in your corner that become your board of directors to help advise you. Insurance, number one, a good insurance broker that can help you with insurance. Number two, you need a good investment professional. Get a SmartVestor Pro in your corner. Number three, you need a good real estate agent in your corner because you probably need to buy a house. Uh, that she helps you pick because she's going to be living there. And if you buy the house without her, you're going to buy the wrong one. So you need to get a good real estate agent. Um, and have yourself a board of directors, a board of advisors that teach you all these different components of handling that amount of money well. And then you'll make good, slow, careful, wise decisions. There you go. This is The Ramsey Show. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.